You are listening to The Black Landscape with Andrea Spearman, where Black excellence is always trending. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Andrea Spearman, and this is The Black Landscape. Today, we are here with Executive Director of The Black Neighborhood, Uzo Wadubo. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you inviting me. Yes, we are so glad to have you here with us. Now, family, Uzo, like me, was born and raised in the mm-hmm. East, deep East Oakland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Born so and raised. Tell us, yeah. Tell us briefly about that. What did growing up in the East look like for you? Ooh, well, I mean, I had a unique experience. One, because uh, my family, my mom and dad are originally from Nigeria. They came over here when they were uh, like teenagers, about 18, mm-hmm. 20. I had a little, it was a little mix of cultures growing up because I grew up, like I said, I grew up in the hood from seminary to uh, 55th, my whole life in the East. Uh, Just having that little, how do I put a culture intertwined with the Oakland culture intertwined with my Nigerian roots. So that was, um, just in the house was a little different, but outside the house, honestly, it was the same as every other kid growing up in Oakland. Had to stay out of trouble. Uh, Basketball and sports really kept me kind of focused and aligned but here and there you know you kind of get caught up in some of the Oakland shenanigans per se but for the most part I made it out on the on the right side of things but yeah growing up in Oakland I think is definitely challenging but I think it prepares you for the world in every aspect not only with the the cultural background and as far as like we have a lot of different uh, ethnicities here. We have a lot of different people from different areas, from Asians to Mexicans. So we we get kind of used to being around different people, but then also kind of getting the street smart, um, knowing what to do and what not to do in certain situations. So I just think Oakland just prepared me for, for life in general in the world. Mm, I would have to say I agree. And so would so many <laughs> others, you know. Mm. It's a shame what a bad rap our, our neighborhood gets. Because there Definitely. really are a lot of gems and a lot of people really making a difference. Uh, mm-hmm. And for you, you shared with me that, you know, growing up, you always knew you wanted to help people and give back. How mm-hmm. did that start? Definitely. So my father died when I was around seven, six, seven years old. He was killed from there. My mom was a very, she's very, uh, how do I put it? She's a very like outpouring with her love and, and showing it to others. Uh, that's just how she was raised. That's just the type of person she w- is. And I've seen her give more than she's had in times when we were struggling, in times when we were going through it. Mm-hmm. And I just saw how, how do I put it, how that return of energy came back on her to say that to the least. Um, I, I guess I'm trying to say, well, basically with the love she showed, I saw it. I saw her be rewarded in so many different aspects in her life, probably not at the moment of her giving all her outpouring, but just seeing how much uh, God has really like blessed her in uh, in different facets of her life has brought her through um, the turmoil of even losing, losing my father and having to take care of three kids in East Oakland young, you know, and you know, I know that's a, a lot of people's stories out here. But I just see, I just seen her, you know, do so much without wanting nothing in return. I think that was just kind of ingrained in me to always help others and more importantly, just help her. So, yeah, I really say I owe that to my mom, that, that given aspect. Mm. 
a mother's giving heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom, like, that. growing up, every, all my friends, like, that have been in my house, my mom treats them like they her son. She feeds them. I've had friends that have slept over my house before I, I've even been home or at my house, <laughs> you know, before <laughs> I even got there. So that that that's the type of love that my mom shows, you know, strict, very strict, obviously, um, coming from that, that Nigerian um, background, but still had the flexibility and the um, kind of the the guiding hand to let me grow, but still be there for me, um, you know, be, be stern. So yeah, it was just, I just learned so much from her. Honestly, honestly, I, I owe everything to her, how I act, how I think for all the positive things per se. <laughs> um, yes. We owe to her. That is such a beautiful thing for parents to kind of drop that in your spirit and for her to show you mm-hmm. that role mo- and be that role model for you in that way. Did you all, like volunteer your time out to the community, like beyond like her be, you know, reaching out, you know, to your friends um, on that level. I mean, you know, growing up from Oakland, you have so much pride in where you're from. So I think just over mm-hmm. time, that energy just grasped to outreach for me. I'm a very uh, given and uh, person, loyal person to those that are around me. So for me, it's kind of second nature to help those around me um, in the best way I can. Um, that's just, the type of person I am. Um, and so the outreach kind of kicked in just knowing like, what more can I do for those? What more can I do for those in my community, you know, that aren't in my immediate circle? And that's kind of where the Black neighborhood kind of helped guide me into doing um, outreach. Absolutely. Before we start talking about the Black neighborhood, uh, tell me about your college experience. Was there a lot of, you know, volunteerism or activations of, you know, that giving spirit while you were at San Jose State? Uh-huh. So, yeah, in college, um, to be quite honest with you, no, I was just so, one, I was so ecstatic because, like, me and another member in our group, Bryce, were literally our, me and him were the only ones in our friend group, per se, to go to college. It really, it really didn't kick in for me to kind of initiate and do something in my community until literally one of my friends uh, died in police brutality circumstances. So once that happened, it was kind of one of those things that was like, you know, you you hear all these Trayvon Martins, you know, that was that was big back when I was in college, Freddie Gray, all these things. And you kind of think like, ah, it, it's unfortunate, but it happened. You know, it's just mm-hmm. that's the world we live in. And until it happened to someone that was literally like I grew up with, was with every day um, that I saw the day it happened. Once that happened, it was kind of like a wake-up call. Like, you know, like, damn, this could really happen to any one of us. Like, this is serious. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was really my wake-up. That was really my wake-up call, losing my friend uh, Richard. Days was, it was it was crazy. Like, our whole friend group was really devastated. But, yeah, that was one of those things that gave me a real wake-up call. Like, okay, like, I got to do something. Like, we got to do something. <laughs> Really? Yes, we absolutely do. We're going to take a short break right now to hear from a couple sponsors. To catch up on previous episodes of The Black Landscape, download on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, and Google Podcasts. Our new website is coming soon. Dimensions Dance Theater will celebrate its 50th anniversary with performances of new works by company collaborators Laura Elaine Ellis and Nimli Napla. 
one of the country's longest-standing dance companies, Dimensions at 50 boasts a history of artistic innovation and collaboration. See the performances Saturday and Sunday, October 22nd and 23rd at Mills College in Oakland. Get your tickets at www.dimensionsdance.org. The link will also be in this episode's credits. We are back with Uzo Wadubo. Please tell our audience, you know, you were just speaking about this catalyst that changed, you know, your life, that changed your mind about the seriousness of what's happening in our neighborhoods. How did the Black neighborhood come about? Around 2016, I believe it was PBS was showing a documentary on the Black Panther Party. And what happened was two other co-founders, Bryce Llewellyn and Corey Elliott, got together and watched this documentary. And this is right around the time, like I told you, uh, me and Bryce's friend Richard uh, just just died. So after watching this, they came up with this idea like, hey, man, we could do something like this in our communities. So um, me and Bryce grew up together, close best friends since around, well, I met him around 11, 12 <laughs> since then. Um, so... He kind of reached out to me and a, and a group of other friends and sat us all down. Him and Corey kind of came up with this um, kind of thought process and like, okay, let's get together and do something. We didn't really know what we were going to do. Um, we just kind of sat down at a, a, a round table and just kind of threw out things. And, you know, it started with literally around 10 people dwindled down to six. Then from there, you know, as of right now, we have a core four, but um, over time, yeah, uh, we just kind of just came together. And then from there, mm-hmm. we reached out to a woman, uh, Miss Faye Gabriel. She had a food giveaway program right there at People's Baptist Church, right by Castle Mount High. Um, mm-hmm. And literally, we, we were just like, hey, we're, we're a group of males trying to do some in our community, and we want to help. She was like, oh, yeah, um, uh, come over, we do food giveaways every month. And then she kind of introduced us to how to do a food giveaway, what takes place, how to get in contact with the food bank, what you need. And from there, everything kind of started and hasn't stopped since 2016. Okay. Shout out to Miss Bay. Bless her soul. What kind of programs does the Black Neighborhood do besides this food giveaway? And how often does that happen? Okay. So, yeah, the food giveaway, once started, it literally happens every month every uh third saturday of the month from there i've covid slowed that down so right now we're trying to pick it back up and restructure it the best way we can especially uh not over trying to outreach not only in oakland but in richmond too um we do shoe giveaways yeah every uh year around uh the spring we kind of try to uh i remember growing up one of the things you know in our community is the shoes the shoes uh everybody wants shoes <laughs> everybody wants the jays everybody <laughs> wants the clean nikes so i just remember a lot of times me getting into trouble or doing things was you know to kind of look good so we kind of came up with the idea like instead of let's try to curtail that by um you know reaching out to our people and i know i had a bunch of shoes i didn't use that i was collecting we kind of uh, put together a shoe drive to just give to young adults, to teenagers that's trying to start school. We do turkey giveaways, literally 500 turkeys every year with meals on the side that you can make as far as like fresh produce, like sweet potatoes, uh, regular potatoes, rice, gravy, macaroni and cheese, canned goods, and then a whole frozen turkey. 
We give around five, we give five hundred turkeys and six hundred of those grocery bags every year since the twenty sixteen. Um, for the past three years, we do a Christmas toy drive with over fifteen hundred to two thousand toys. We partner with Pete Richmond Pal and a bunch of other organizations. Every year, those organizations vary, but Richmond Pal has been um kind of the foundation of that over there, and we work with them. For the past two to three years of giving away, like I said, 1500 to 2000 uh, toys to whatever kid is, is there to show up. We do a youth empowerment program for the past four years that take place, that took place at the Firmary Park um, before this pandemic. And where we would take basically a group of kids and try to expose them to things that they not normally um, exposed to. And how it will work, we'll basically, um, we will meet twice a month. On the first mm-hmm. uh, on the first Saturday of the month, we will kind of introduce them to something. So let's just say uh, this month is money management. We will introduce them and bring in a guest speaker that's black, that looks like them, um, that teaches them about mm-hmm. money management. And then, Absolutely. you know, the second, the second following Saturday, we would then take them to the financial district and show them how it works. So that we kind of use that. Um, algorithm throughout the whole summer or uh, amongst uh, what do we do music from uh, food to entrepreneurship to banking mm-hmm. to education just as, as we just try to find people that look like us in every facet of uh, of this uh, of you, whatever lifestyle these kids wanted to kind of uh weren't used to seeing us in per se whether like doctors lawyers we would bring these people in and talk to them that look like them to kind of give them an outlook that you can be uh, this person. You can be just like this person, or you can do things that you may not see on TV as a black man or woman doing, but you could do these things. And then, like I said, we would apply it the second week. We just started our scholarship program for the past two years where we give each student 2500 and they get four years of airfare to and from their school for free. Uh, their their school, whether that be on vacation, whether that be just to get home to see their family, but it's all free and covered. Um, we have a book club oh, wow. in New York. <laughs> yeah, we have a book club in New York that started uh, about a year and a half ago. In New York? Um, oh, so to- wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. So tell the people, I didn't realize <laughs> there was another, tell the people about this other chapter. <laughs> Yeah, so how how so obviously like I said it's a core four of us. Um one of our members, Kimani Elliott, he moved out to New York where he's teaching right now and we while he was out there he kind of wanted to keep obviously our movement going. So he kind of got mm-hmm. he has a little cohort out there and um how it started was them just doing physical activities, you know, going out, working out, getting together, social gatherings. Then it it branched off into then helping, whether it be like little toys, um, socks, uh, giveaways, uh, undergarment giveaways to the homeless out there. And then from there, he has a passion for reading. And he kind of mm-hmm. used, uh, used that to form the book club. And it's been going well. And they literally read a new book about every month or so. Right now, it's really, we call it just in the East Coast because he, he meets with uh, this group on zoom and we are trying to find a better way to integrate obviously the whole uh u.s especially the west coast where we're at um so definitely look out for a book club coming to the bay area uh, the start of next year our whole goal is to 
uh, be the change we want to see in the communities that we're in. Hey family, it's me, Andrea. Did you know that I also host a video series called 10 and 10? 10 questions in 10 minutes. It's a series of quick insights with the local Bay Area dance community. Guests include Vogue Ballroom King, Sir Jacques, Two-Spirit Mover, Javier Stelfresquez, Polyrhythmic Queen, Jessica Racinos, and more. YouTube link in the description of this episode. Now back to the show. And then in December, we have... In December, we have uh, the Toy Drive, and that's the 23rd, I believe. That's subject to change, but the the 23rd of December, and that's kind of, we will definitely lead up to those days. Honestly, uh, we will have a sign-up sheet where we need people to come and kind of organize the toys in a way, because how we have it set up, it's kind of like a a theme winter wonderland where the kids can come in, meet a Santa, kind of play little games and get their toys. So we set up all that coming up to that, to that 23rd day of the actual drive. So we'll definitely need volunteers for that. Um, but yeah, just be on a lookout. Our hikes, we have a Bryce moved to, like I told you, moved to LA. So we also do hikes out there. And anytime we can try to get involved in the LA community out there, just follow us on all our socials. You know how things go, especially with the uh, these COVID regulations that are now opening everything up. Things are subject to change, and who knows? You know, with the with the percentages, I guess, of outbreaks going back up. We're so we're kind of just ever changing per se. Like, but for the most part, those things are are constant. Our our Thanksgiving and our Christmas uh, drive, but um, everything else, yeah, just be on the lookout. Um, we'll definitely keep our community posted. We'll definitely have links available for volunteering. And then honestly, just come come to us with ideas. We're very open. We, Like I said, we want to help our community whichever way we can. And like you said, each one teach one. There are some things we don't know. There are some things that we need to do better. And there are some things that we can get involved in that we, we have no clue what's going on. So we're, we are looking for you guys to also help us and see how we can better help you guys and serve the community. Absolutely. It's been so great chatting with you, Uzo. Thank you. Thank you. I'm <laughs> grateful for the opportunity. Um, like I said, I hope I didn't ramble too much, <laughs> but yeah, I'm yeah, no. thankful for the opportunity. It's been great to hear about all these services. Can you tell the audience where they can find the black neighborhood? Uh, yeah, at the Black Neighborhood on Instagram, the Black Neighborhood on Facebook, and the theblackneighborhood.org online. Um, like I said, you follow those three things, you'll be kept up to date. Um, you can donate. Uh, that's what kind of keeps us uh, going and alive. Like I tell people all the time, we're, we're young Black males that are trying to help. And since we started in 2016, not a grant, a scholar, uh, not a grant, a uh, 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 big check from a company has came to help us with these initiatives. This is literally our community coming together and helping us move and drive from scholarships to feeding uh, feeding people to even the women's brunch. It all came from donations and just us making money uh, as far as like with merch, trying to, try, like I said, we have, our community has drove us. So, so. We thank you guys. We we thank you guys, and and we just ask that you guys 
you know, be open to, to giving us ideas and just be on the lookout for more to come with the Black Neighborhood. Yes, yes. We look forward to it. So thank you all out there for listening and supporting another season. This has been another episode of The Black Landscape, where Black excellence is always trending. Thank mm-hmm. you.